You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. Oh, there you go. That is a hot one today. Wow. I burnt the end of my tongue. Wow. Now the rest of the podcast is going to be like this. <laughs> super. Super to have you here today. Fucking <laughs> stuff, Katash. Elbows out. That'd be great. That'd be great. Wow. Wow. Hey, how's your week been? Very good. We had a great Sunday with uh, Dr. Steve Dameron. Good. Very, very good. Oh, good, good. Yes. Stevie D. Yeah, good. Yeah, he's a good man. Good man. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, incredible time at uh, Norwalk Baptist yesterday. Good, good day. Amen. So, yeah, that was awesome. And um, going to be a good week. Uh, I finished up here Wednesday. But uh, the big news, uh, no baby yet. Still no baby. Wow. Um, that is big yeah. news because... You know, yeah, usually the second one, they're pretty pretty right on the timing. Yeah, I know. So I told Allison, I said, I'm done this meeting on Wednesday. I said, you have to wait till Thursday. So the doctor said that he'd let her go till the 11th of June, which when we air this will be pretty close. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I talked to her today, and she said, nothing nothing yet. So she said, I think you, I think you messed me up. I said, well, I do have a pretty good prayer life. So. <laughs> It's funny because uh, when we were expecting, I think it was it Allison we were expecting. Yeah, it must have been. We were expecting Allison, and uh, we were building our building. And I told Ruthie, I've got to, I, I cannot have a baby before Thursday because we have a final inspection on Wednesday, and I just can't miss that. And we got to get the deadline done. I said, you can have the baby Thursday, <laughs> about three thirty in the morning on Thursday. Ruthie goes, it's time. Oh man, and we had that baby on Thursday, so. Allison, it's, you're just reliving your birth, so yes. thank you for doing that. Appreciate it very much. So, good, good. Well, awesome. Well, I got another uh, another uh, email in the old email mail bag for awesome. you today. Yeah, this comes from Jerry, and Jerry wrote a very nice letter again. He's loving Tim Talks, um, but he had some questions that maybe we could uh, help answer for him. And uh, he does it in three parts. So I'm going to give you, I'll give you the first part and we'll deal with that today. And then we'll do the other two parts on Wednesday and Friday. So he asked this question. He said, um, I've been studying judging and exhortation. He said, what is the difference between loving exhortation and judging? Because the Bible says Christians should never judge, but they, they should exhort each other. What's the difference and where is the line between the two? Good question. Yeah, that's a... Uh... I've heard different formations of that questions for many, many decades. Right, right. So we're going to jump into that, take care of that this week, and uh, see what we can do. And um, I would say that I appreciate the question, and uh, yes. there's a lot, of, a lot of moving parts to that. But I, I know what he's saying. I know what he's trying to get across. But there's definitely a difference between the two. And... Both are good when done in the right way. And I think the problem that people have is that we don't always judge or exhort 
in a biblical manner. And that's the problem. I think that's where that lies. So we're going to take a look at that. You want to jump in on this first today? Yeah, you got the uh, main reference that everybody wants to run to, so you go ahead and hit it from there. Well, it's Matthew 7, 1. Yes. Judge not, lest you be judged, right? Yep. And that's that's key, but there's also verses in the Bible that tell us to judge and to note when people are right or wrong. And, a, and a ju- I think you have to identify what is a judge and what is the work of a judge or what is the position of a judge. And a judge doesn't make the law. A judge simply upholds a law that's already written. So God's given us some laws. He's given us some things to help us and some principles. And then our job is to identify if a person is breaking that law or is in accordance to the law. And then you go from there. And of course, we add into that grace and temperance of grace because of the New Testament. But I think you have to start there. Okay, so when when the uh, verse out of uh, Matthew that you referred to, mm-hmm. I believe it says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment right. you meet, it shall be meted to you mm-hmm. again. Or I may have right. messed up a couple of words on there. But uh, not, you're close, yeah. so I, I'm not. I'm not taking offense at the question. I want to try to really qualify this question, so I'm not I'm not upset or angry or anything, or trying to uh, denigrate one of our good listeners. Um, but because I hear this all the time, it's it's easy to get a little bit exasperated. Uh, so is that a command that is is Jesus saying we should never judge? Is is it breaking the law of God for anyone to judge? No. So what is that passage saying? Exactly. That passage is saying that if you judge, you better understand you're going to be judged by the same rule. That mm-hmm. that's what it's saying because In context. Uh, they were they were basically, you know, the 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 Pharisees they had they had brought in their own legislation and laws and made it more important than the law of God. And so they mm-hmm. were discerning. They would look and say, he's a sinner, he's a sinner, she's a sinner, he's a great sinner. They were the one mm-hmm. determining that. And so Jesus was saying that basically to hypocrites, that, listen, you better not judge because here's going to, what's going to happen to you. It is not, uh, there is nowhere to be consistent in the Bible, there is no place in the Bible where God says you're not allowed to judge. So, you know, as I look at that question, just by face value, and I'm not I'm not trying to tear mm-hmm. the question apart, but because this no. is a common theme and a thread that we hear many, many times. Uh, don't judge. You can't judge. We are to judge. You know, so, you know, even John mm-hmm. 7, Jesus said, judge not according to the parents, but judge righteous judgment. I mean, that that was a command. Listen, if you're going to make your discernings and you're going to make your right judgment, then you had better make sure that you make those not on the appearance. And of course, that's why God's judgments are always righteous, because God mm-hmm. does not look on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Man can only look on the outward appearance. So whenever mm-hmm. any time any time in the Bible where God has made a judgment, we have every bit of authority to declare what that judgment is. 
I don't care what the judgment is about or who it is against, but if God has declared a judgment, we do have a right and in some cases an obligation to announce what that judgment is clearly, boldly, and soundly. <laughs> Let me read um, a little more of that passage because there's some other good understanding in there. Uh, verse 1 says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out, out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So, exactly as you said, um, if you're going, if you're going to judge, if I'm going to be a judge, I can't, I can't take care of someone's problem without. First of all, knowing the problem and addressing the problem properly. And if I'm sitting on a bench in a courtroom, we'll use that example. Um, I, I, can't, I can't have a disdain for a guy and say, well, I, I think this guy is really bad. I'm really going to give it to him. I have to look at what the law says, and I have to look at the penalty of the law. And I can't rise above that if I'm going to be a righteous judge. And I think that's where a lot of people get into trouble is they, they do. They look at their own lives and think, well, I'm, I'm really good, but this guy's really bad. And I'm going to attack that bad guy in part because it makes me look better. That's why most people judge that way. And then I think because um, it gives us a sense of power that's really not ours. Like you said, God gave the law. We're simply, we're simply repeating again what God has said in our judgment. If you want to see the most sickening illustration of this judge not idea, all you need to do is get on YouTube and uh, look up Joel Osteen on Larry King. That's all you need to do. Yeah. That is one of the right. most sickening displays I've ever seen in my life. So Larry King, right. and of course he's interviewed many people, and he asked Joel Osteen as he was like an up-and-coming kind of a guy, is maybe mm -hmm. 10, 15 years ago now, maybe 20. Yeah, that's been a long time ago. And so he said, mm -hmm. so, uh, do you teach and preach that if I don't accept Jesus that I'm going to go to hell? And Joel Osteen says, well, you know, that that's not really for me to say. I, I, I can't mm -hmm. really say that. He's, well, what do you teach? Don't you teach and preach this? Well, Larry, you know, everybody has to make that own decision within themselves. And so, you yes. know, that, that I'd stay away from things like, well, don't you believe it or not? Do you believe there is a hell? Do you believe that sinners are going to go to hell? You know, Larry, I don't, I don't spend my time focusing on things like that. And just, you know, Larry King nailed him. He nailed him. And he's saying, yes, he did. Yes, are, are he you going to tell me that, that I would need to be saved? Well, that, you know, that's just not my place. Well, then he is not a preacher of the gospel because it is his right. place. It is very much yeah. his place to say, thus saith the Lord. And that's the whole attitude behind this, judge not, we're not allowed to judge. You know, that's not what God is saying. God is saying, you should be judging. You better have great discernment. And if I have declared that something is wicked, you can take it uh, for sure that it is wicked. You can announce that it's wicked. You can announce that judgment is coming. Can you imagine Jonah? Yet in 40 days, um, well, 
I can't really say what's going to happen in Nineveh. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, Noah's judgment is coming. Right. I think I think Noah made very clear that this is you know this is unrighteous generation and God's going to destroy this earth unless you get on this boat you're going to drown. He made it very clear for a hundred years and and kept doing what he was supposed to do. But in my experience, what I have seen, you know, who yells about judging the most unsaved people? Yes, you ought, you ought not judge. And so many Christians, the world, unsaved people have said it so much that now Christians actually do think, oh, well, you know, we're not allowed to judge. We must judge. Mm-hmm. We, we are mm-hmm. to be judges. Matter of fact, let me read this out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Darian, of you have a matter against another and go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more than things that pertain to this life? If ye then have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed to the church. So God even says, look, you got a decision you need to make. Don't don't bring somebody before court. Sit down in church, and the least esteemed in the church makes the decision. That is judgment. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, mm-hmm. we're going to judge angels. We're going to judge righteousness. So get used to it. Start practicing now. That's what the Lord commands right. in the church. Oh, who am I to say? Well, the, the point is we don't make those judgments on our own basis of right and wrong. We make judgments on what God has said. When we make those judgments, then those judgments will be right if it's based on what God has said. The judgment that most people hear from an unsaved world is that the church is full of hypocrites. You're hypocrites. And that's that's mentioned in that passage, you know, um, talking about the Pharisees. You're talking to the Pharisees. You are hypocrites. You're, you're dealing with minor little things and forgetting the major things of your life when you ought to be taking care of the major things of your own life first. And so I think, as you said, I think we have heard for years, the church is nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. They're all hypocrites. I tell people, yeah, come on, get on board because you'll fit in with all the rest of us. There is some hypocrisy sometimes in the church, no question. But I think if you're going to be a righteous judge, if you're going to be the right kind of judge, there is a hypocrisy. You're, you're again, you're looking at a set standard. Does that person line up with that set standard? If they don't, they've broken the law. If you break the law, you sin. If you sin, there is a punishment for that. And the ultimate punishment for that is death. And that death leads you to either heaven or hell. And if you do not come into the right judgment of God, if you don't correct the wrong, then yeah, you're going to spend eternity in hell. And we've gotten away from telling people that, I think. I think we've kind of sugarcoated hell. We've right. kind of sugarcoated that eternal damnation of the soul. You know, How many t- preachers have said that in the last 10 years? That's, that's hard. That's harsh. But I think, I think we're getting to that place where we better start doing that. Oh. I mean, we've gotten soft, well and look what that. our society, look where our society's gone with that. Yeah. I mean, it's out of control. And I think people are starting to realize that. I'm seeing more and more people rise up and say, you know, we're sick and tired of this nonsense and this craziness. Let's start speaking out against it. I think it's time. Well, when you speak about his hypocrisy, um, yeah, all kinds of sin can be seen in saved people. But by and large, 
as a general rule, do pastors, assistant pastors, deacons, deacons' wives, uh, teachers in the church, soul winners in the church, do most people look at hypocrisy and say, well, we're going to let that go? Or do they try to address it? I think they try to address it. So it is not, oh, the church is full of hypocrites. You know, not a true biblical church. Not a group of people, body people that are that are trying to serve the Lord. I think we've lost a number of people from our churches for that very reason that someone has addressed sin in their lives or has addressed an issue, and they they run to another place like a Joel Olstein type where that's not going to be judged. Yeah, you can you can basically do what you want as long as you come and name the name of Jesus, then you're okay. And if your doctrine is off, that's your decision. If, if your baptism is off, that's your decision. As long as you come and profess salvation, then you can basically do whatever you want. And so they get into drinking, they get into drugs and all that other stuff because there is no judgment. Well, one other passage I just wanted to bring up. Of course, there's many others, judge, righteous, judgment, many things. But uh, in... Uh, in second in first Corinthians two fourteen, but the natural man, that's the unsaved man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they, the things of God, the, the word of God, they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual, notice it says, he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. So does that mean if you can attain a certain level of spirituality, you're off limits? Nobody can say anything to you. Nobody no. can do anything to you. No. no. The, what you are doing is when you are filling your mind and your heart with the scripture of God and you are looking at your life and you're condemning the things that you see and you may be driving down the road and you look up and you see a billboard and there's some beer and you go, God help me. I even had a, a just a quick thought of thinking, boy, wouldn't that taste good? God forgive me. You are, you are using the word of God and the Holy Spirit is applying it to your life to where you are constantly judging yourself and that's why you're not judging of other people because people look at you like Daniel and go, I can't find mm. anything the matter with the guy. Right. We find right. a lot wrong with us, but we're judging yeah. us because of the word of God. That word of God is judging right. us all the time. But it doesn't mean you don't stand up and say, this is vile. You know, this uh, uh, whatever the mm-hmm. sin would be, it, it is wrong. And Jesus died on the cross mm-hmm. for it. And it's abhorrent to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll give you a couple quick verses and I'll be done. Um, this does not directly about judgment, but I think it does. In Proverbs 26, 4, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou shalt be like unto him. And then the next verse says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. So you don't you don't play the game of the foolish person. You don't get caught up in their rhetoric. But at the same time, you do rebuke them. You say, hey, you're wrong. This is why. And you let him know that. And I think sometimes people have a hard time discerning. Should I answer that or shouldn't I answer that? Is that is that foolish or do I need to address that? I, I think sometimes people have a difficulty discerning what they should judge and shouldn't judge. And some people then 
begin judging things they shouldn't judge because they just they like the power of it. They like they like the uh, the feeling of having that kind of authority or control. Sometimes I've seen that happen in the church too. Yeah, you know, it, it sort of comes down to, you know, the guy says, uh, "Hey, Holy Joe, did you have a great day Sunday?" And somebody wanting mm-hmm. to retort and get in some kind of an argument, you know, tête-à-tête, you right. know, with that argument. Mm-hmm. Now you just let it go. But if somebody says, oh, well, you think Jesus is God's son? Let me tell you, he's not. Wow. Okay, now we need to stand up. It's now on. we need do need it's to answer. On. And the problem is many times we will retort because we're insulted, but whenever God mm-hmm. is insulted, we'll say nothing. And, and that's completely right. backwards. And, you know, right. answering right. a fool according to his folly, sometimes I just let things go, obviously. But if someone is listening who they may be influencing, you know, dealing with teenagers for many, many years, yes. and a lot of yep. teenagers and college-age people listen to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about whenever somebody says something stupid or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, blasphemous. And, you know, eh, most of the people don't believe it, but there may be three or four, maybe out of 15 mm-hmm. people that are hanging around, two or three, you know, maybe they're younger and they're thinking, hmm, wow, I never thought of that. I'm going to say something for the benefit of any of those that may be swayed by someone else. That's right. worth speaking up about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think how you present yourself in that is important. I, I've not seen too many judges sit on a bench and come up off that bench and start yelling and screaming and losing their temper and, you know, losing that decorum. They, they're very calm, cool, and collective. Here's the law. You broke it. Here's the sentence. Done. And I think sometimes we let emotion get a better part of us, and we go from a right judgment to an unrighteous indignation. So you have to, you have to consider that as well. I didn't have time to look That's this up, but I just thought of uh, the passage where, as Paul was preaching to, uh, I can't remember, it was Felix and Festus or maybe Agrippa, but but as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, he said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And so, mm-hmm, you know, it is mm-hmm. that it is that idea that people have to know that God is going to judge you because of your sin. And for a Christian mm-hmm. to say, well, I can't say that. Yeah, I'm not making the decision. I'm declaring what God has already said. Absolutely. Well said, my friend. And we'll end there. We'll call it a day. Yeah. And we'll pick up on Wednesday. And uh, great, great, uh, great question, question because Jerry, this sort of overlaps into a lot of uh, things that we're dealing with a lot today. Absolutely. This is what he asked. This is what we'll deal with on Wednesday. Give you a little teaser. He says, what's a normal Christian's responsibility in exhortation? That's, that's the thought. There's a little more, but I'll give you just a little bit to get people to hold over till Wednesday. Amen. So the normal Christian's responsibility in exhortation is exhortation different than judgment. We'll take a look at that on Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for being here, Brother Wolven. Yes. It's good to have you. Hey, I always like being around you. Uh, I know tomorrow we'll probably see each other face to face and then I'll be sick of you. But uh, other than that, whenever I look at you in a little tiny screen, about a four inch by two, three inch screen, I can handle it. 
you're going to get all of me tomorrow. You're going to get the full meal deal. And buddy, it's going to be awesome. You're going to be jealous. You're going to be jealous as usual, but I'll be there. And uh, heading down to uh, Pickerington again yes. for a pastor's fellowship. Yes. Yeah, it'll be good. So looking forward to it. I'm Al Stone. I am in Norwalk, Ohio this week. And a uh, great start to a revival here on Sunday. Just some great decisions made. Looking forward to tonight and Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, pray uh, as we both endeavor to serve the Lord in our ministries that God would use us mightily. That's my prayer. I'm Al Stone with the Canadian Gospel Project. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio. We are, uh, by the time this airs, we should be in youth camp next week. And you'll be mm. preaching at that youth camp. And so I'm looking forward to yeah. that very much. I'm not planning on, uh, uh, I'm not planning on uh, uh, being a righteous person. I'm planning on sitting in the seat of the scornful. Every time you have a me- preach a message, I'm going to try to take a whole bunch of notes. And it's so okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to that okay. very much. Okay. Well, I've got a tree picked out for you, and you can climb up on that tree, and I'll pass by. And I'll say, wee little man, come down. Because <laughs> I'm going to pummel on you today. <laughs> I'm going to kick you all the way to your house today. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, I, if I'm correct, I think we're supposed to do a Tim Talks again with the young people there yeah i don't know if we're if if that is i'm just planning on anything yeah oh we're ready for anything at all times that's oh yes tim talks ready hey have a great day and uh we'll be back again on wednesday make sure you tell somebody about us and uh let them know that um you you won't get much but what you get may be pretty decent that's tim talks have a great day eh? (laughs) we'll be back we'll be back on wednesday Have a great day. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.